0: Now we're going to pray and ask God just to touch you. The word's going to go forth today, but it's up to you. Your responsibilities to prepare your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, prepare our hearts today to hear from you. God, we open up our hearts to hear God of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would speak into each and every one of our lives, that we would leave here completely transformed and renewed. God, we'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus name. Shout Amen in the house. Come on, high five three people around you and say the best summer ever. The best summer ever. The best summer ever. Man, I'm excited today about the message that we're going to be preaching. We're preaching a message today called the Holy Spirit today. Come on, say that with me. The Holy Spirit today. Come on, say it again. The Holy Spirit today. Not yesterday. Come on, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Not someday or hopefully, maybe, but today, right now, in your life, in your current situation, come Holy Spirit. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm preaching on the Holy Spirit today. And I believe this is such an important subject that needs to be taught. But unfortunately, what's happened is it's someone who has been misrepresented. Notice I said someone and not something, and we're going to get to that. But it's a someone that has been very neglected and misrepresented. And let me show you what I mean today. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready? Who in here wants the power of God in their lives? Come on, who wants the power of God in their lives? Wow. I mean, think about the power of God we're talking about. He speaks and the world appears. That's power. Amen. I mean, he, he just that's the power that God has. God wants to give us that power. Everyone wants it until you say, that power comes by the Holy Spirit. Then a lot of people withdraw, they kind of pull back, they disconnect. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been so packaged wrongly. It's been presented in the wrong way. It's not the gift that's the problem. It's the box, the paper and the bow that people have wrapped it up in. And I want to give you the gift today. Not like that. Come on. I I don't want weirdness. I don't want flakiness. A lot of Holy Spirit stuff is kind of weird and flaky and crazy. That's not the gift of God. Are you with me today? And so what we've got to be so careful is if that's what our perception is of it, no wonder we don't want it. And so many times I believe we reject the Holy Spirit because we don't fully know who He is. Many years ago, I prayed this prayer. And I encourage you to pray a prayer similar to this. I prayed, God, if it's of you, I want all of it. God, if it's something of you, any gift, anything that you have available, God, I want it all. And I pray today that you would give me an open heart, that you would give me an open mind as I present to you the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you it's not weird, it's not flaky, it's not crazy. It's not forcing upon you, but it's life-changing. It's powerful. And you need the Holy Spirit in your daily walk. So I want to break this message down into three parts today. The first is, what do you think of the Holy Spirit? The second is, who is the Holy Spirit? And the third part is, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So come with me on the journey today. Point number one, what do you think... Of the Holy Spirit. In order to understand the Holy Spirit and his role and the function that he wants to have in each and every one of our lives, I believe we have to have the right proper perspective. And if we're going to get that, the best way is always through God's Word. I want to find out what God's Word has to say about the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2, and it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Paul at this time is traveling, planting churches, and he arrives in Ephesus. And he runs into a bunch of Jesus followers, disciples, people who are having church. And I think it's pretty interesting. The first question that he asks them is this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? The first question is about the Holy Spirit. I believe that shows the importance, obviously, that the Holy Spirit wants to and needs to play in each and every one of our Christian experience. What was their answer? No, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Have you heard? No, we don't know what is the Holy Spirit. And that may be just like many of us today. And we're going to talk about this more later. But the fact that we're saved today, and I pray that you know Jesus today. If you're searching, you are welcome. And we pray that you will find the answer, Jesus, because he is the answer to everything that you can ever need. But we're going to talk about it later that the fact that we are even saved is because of the Holy Spirit's involvement. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is that which moves us, leads us, brings us to a place of repentance. And many of us do know that. Many of us don't know that. So what do we say? That when we're saved, the Holy Spirit already lives inside of us, but there's more. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, but there's more, but there's more. So what do you think? For many people, they have been so mistaught in regards to the Holy Spirit. So much misinformation out there. So many non-biblical thoughts that have been presented. We've been told that the Holy Spirit isn't for today. Oh, it was something of the past, but it's not for today. People have even said it's of the devil. You don't want to be a part of that. People have said it's for some people, but it's not for all people. But here's the title of our message today. It's the Holy Spirit today. It's the Holy Spirit for your today, right now. You need Him Come on, you don't have to be apprehensive, you don't have to be fearful, you don't have to be afraid. Because let me ask you this question, do you believe that God has a plan for your life? Yes. Come on, do you believe that? Yes. I pray that you do, and if you're struggling with that, can I tell you today, He has a plan for your life. But I'm telling you, part of the unfolding, part of the fulfillment of that plan in your life comes by means of the Holy Spirit living and operating in your life, bringing you to a place of freedom, a place of power and a place of strength that only the Holy Spirit can do. So what is the Holy Spirit to you? Maybe today you've got a warped thought. Maybe it's not a good thought. Maybe it's a great thought. And my prayer is today, ask for more of God. Don't limit yourself. Get more from God. But whatever it may be right now, don't allow someone else's wrong impression. To steer you away from God's truth and God's word. So the second point is, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? And again, I'm going to break this down into three simple points to describe who the Holy Spirit is. And maybe for some of you who have been brought up in church, this is pretty elementary, but it's still good to hear. Because it's good to be reminded for every single one of us. You see, the first point we need to understand is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not a thing. It's not an it. It's not this. Ooh. It's a person. And I think many times we can be thrown by the definition of the name. The name used, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. We almost picture like God being this G- Casper the Ghost floating around, something eerie, something crazy. And I think that has messed up and given us the wrong image of what really the Holy Spirit is. You see, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost translated differently through the Scripture. Same word, just a different translation. Actually, two words from the Old Testament. It's Ruach. From the New Testament, it's pneuma, Hebrew, Greek. Those words translated Holy Spirit literally mean this, a breath. A wind, a breath of fresh air. You see, how we've described the Holy Spirit is what he does more than who he is. What he does is he wants to bring a refreshing, a breath of fresh air. He wants to put wind in your sails to give you that boost of life that you have. But yet we think of him then as something like that. That's what he brings and that's what he does. You see, just like Jesus, he was fully God and fully man. The Holy Spirit is also fully God, but... He also functions as a person. And how do we know that? Look at the qualities that we possess. As human beings, we have three main qualities that we possess. We have a mind. Hopefully, turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you do. Come on. Come on. What does our mind do? Our mind gives us the ability to think. We think with our mind. We also have emotions. That's our feelings and they can lie to you, remember that, just saying, what's your feelings and emotions, but we have a mind, we have an emotions <coughs> and we have a will. The will is our ability to choose. You can say it this way, we have a body, soul and spirit. We have a mind, emotions and a will. Do you know it's the same of the Holy Spirit? Let me show you. Romans 8 verse 27 says this, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He has a mind. He knows the mind of the Spirit. That's speaking in reference to the Holy Spirit. He also has feelings. Ephesians 4 and verse 3. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And we've got to be reminded of that. Do not grieve the holy spirit and then 1 corinthians 12:11 says this but one and the same spirit works all things distributing to each one individually as he wills he has a will so the holy spirit is a person he thinks he has feelings and he has a will the second thing we see of the holy spirit is this the holy spirit is god I said the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a part of God, he's all of God. And I know that's hard to comprehend many times because he is fully God because here's what we believe from scripture. We believe in one God eternally existent in three persons. We believe in one God the Father who has or one God who is the Father, the Son Jesus Christ, and he's also the Holy Spirit. We call that the triune Godhead. Of Christ really three in one and for many of us we find it as I said earlier hard to comprehend but it's just almost like the illustration of an egg have you ever picked up an egg there's actually three components to an egg there's the shell there's the yolk and there's the white each one of them are separate in their identification but yet they are one to be complete You try and take the shell away from an egg, it's not complete. You try and take the yolk or the white away, it's not complete. Every one of those parts serve its own function and role to make that which is one. Water is made up of H2O, two hydrogen, one oxygen. Take a hydrogen out, water's no longer water. It's three distinct elements that now make water one. That's the same with God. He's God, the Father. He's God, the Son, and he's God, the Holy Spirit. And each one of them as a separate personality carries out a role. Picture it like this in a workforce. Are you ready? God's the foreman. God's the boss. Come on. He's the one that's the boss over everything. But then you've got Jesus Christ. He's the one that's working under the boss. He's the one that's keeping an eye on everything. He's the one that's making sure things are happening. But who's really doing the work? Can I tell you, it's the Holy Spirit that is carrying out the work. Each of them, God, the blueprint. Come on, really, let me say it that way. God is the blueprint. The Holy, or Jesus is the boss. He's the foreman there. That's the better way to put it. And then the Holy Spirit is the worker. That's carrying out the roles, carrying out a different role, but functioning as the same God. Here's the third part is the Holy Spirit is the person of God in the now. He's the person of God now. I want to say that again. He's the person of God right now for your life. Meaning what? He desires to live within us. But at first he couldn't. You see, in the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit would come and move upon individuals to help them to facilitate or to do a particular task. So the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, the Bible says. He picked up the jawbone of a donkey and he slew a thousand men, I believe it was. Incredible. The Spirit of God came upon him. And we see story and story of that again, that God worked on certain women and men would come upon them. But he wouldn't stay. He wouldn't dwell for this reason. It's impossible for the holiness and the purity of God to dwell inside of a person who was not born again and set free from his or her sin nature. The purity who God was He would not dwell in that which was not right. But when Jesus died on the cross, I love this statement, everything changed. Come on, everything changed. It changed everything when Jesus died upon the cross. Why? Because he took our sins. He rose again on the third day. Come on, there's an empty tomb. He was completely victorious over sin and death. He ascended into heaven so that now what? The Holy Spirit can come down and dwell within all men. That's why Jesus said this, John 16, verse 7. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. The disciples said, oh, Jesus, we don't want you to go. He said, listen, It's for your good. It's for your advantage. Come on, it's for your benefit I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, come on, say with me, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But when I go, if I depart, I will send what? Him to you. Notice him, not it. I'm going to send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. Now, we know his role is to convict us. That's the initial role, to save us. But now we also see a new dimension of the Holy Spirit that now wants to strengthen us, that wants to encourage us, that wants to empower us to be a greater witness for Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says this, Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God and God's Spirit wants to dwell where? Inside of you. Remember the message last week, how are you carrying His presence? God's Spirit now wants to live inside of us. What used to come and leave, God is the person, or, or the Holy Spirit, come on, is the person of God for right now in your life. Third part of the message. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Acts 1 verse 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus knew that he was heading back to heaven real soon. But Jesus also knew how accustomed his disciples had grown to him being there, to them having him with them. So Jesus had already been softening the blows, so to speak, even before this, what we just read in the book of Acts. He had been talking to them about his exit, about him leaving and what would happen when he was gone. John fourteen, fifteen, and 18 is one of those accounts. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as an orphan. Jesus says, I will come to you. He's preparing the way. I'm going to be gone but the Holy Spirit, the one that will lead you in all truth, the one that will bear witness of who I am. You're not going to be an orphan. You're not going to be alone. He will come to you. Again, one of several examples of Him preparing them for leaving, but the assurance that they would never be alone as He's sending the Holy Spirit to them. And how He chose to send the Holy Spirit is with a baptism. The word baptism, baptismo, in the Greek literally means immersed. God says, I'm coming to immerse you. So therefore, the holy baptism is an infilling experience that takes place when we open our lives to God with no reservations. That we allow Him to have complete control which I'm telling you right now will take you to a new level in God. I didn't say it will make you more saved. Notice I didn't say it will make you more saved, but it will help keeping you saved. You see, a lot of people think we need the Holy Spirit to make us better than someone else. You don't need the Holy Spirit to make you better than someone else. You need the Holy Spirit to make you better than yourself. Amen. I I, I don't need to worry about other people. I need to be better than what I woke up this morning. I, I need the Holy Spirit to work on me and change me. He can work on them, but I need to allow Him to work in me. And with that working, he brings a power. He gives us a power. And listen to this, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's also a new sensitivity that we can have to his voice and to his instruction. And I just want to read, if we could, just a passage of scripture today. And we're going to read quite a lot, but I'm going to read about the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we read and see in Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 1, and it says this, And the day of Pentecost was fully come. And what? And they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And what? It filled the whole house where they were all sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they began to speak in other tongues that's the outpouring of the presence of god but notice what happens it wasn't just for their lives it was for the lives of other people because the holy spirit wants to come to make you a greater witness unto god in your life and there were dwelling in jerusalem jews Jews excuse me and devout men from every nation under heaven And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because, notice this, everyone heard them speaking in their own language. So you've got different nationalities, different tongues. It's like right now, us having... Korean people, Vietnamese people, Spanish people. Come on, all these different races and nationalities all gathered together in one place. But all of a sudden, it's like one person speaking and everyone in their own native tongue is hearing what has said. Wow, talk about a witness, talk about something happening. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, who are these? Aren't these just Galileans? In other words, these ignorant and unlearned men. And how is it now that we hear each in our own language of what we have been born? And then it lists them, look, Parthians, Meds, Elamites, those dwelling in the Mesopotamia, Judea, Capernaum, Pontius, H, And it goes on, on, and on. And verse 12, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? But you know what, there's always got to be those that point the finger. But there's others who are mocking and saying, man, these guys are just drunk. Come on, it's nothing to do with what's happening. I'm telling you right now, alcohol won't change your language. Come on, that's not going to give you the power. Oh, you may say some things that you wouldn't normally say, but what I'm saying is it doesn't give you the ability to speak in Spanish if you don't know it. It doesn't give you the ability to speak in French if you don't already know it. Come on, it doesn't work in that way. Come on, I'm getting excited today. But Peter standing up with the eleven. He raised his voice and said to him, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you think. Since it's just the third hour of the day. Come on, it's just nine o'clock. Come on, they ain't drunk by right now. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall pros- prophesy. Your mom, young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Come on, I'm still seeing visions. Amen. You may be dreaming dreams if you are. That means you're just a little bit older than us. Amen. And where were we? Verse eighteen. And on my maid servants, and on my on my men servants, and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, the signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming and the great awesome day of the Lord. Wow, it's been happening. I said these things have been happening around us. It's happening all around us. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter stands up and breaks it down. Come on, he says, this ain't alcohol. This ain't man's doing. This is God's doing, what he spoke of, what he foretold many years before. And this is the outpouring of the presence of God that wants to touch hearts and lives. You can read of other outpourings in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. And there's others, experiences that took place. And from every one of the experiences that we read of in the Word of God, I want to bring out four truths or four key thoughts that we need to realize today. Because these things happened every case. Truth number one, there was an overwhelming, overwhelming, infilling presence of God that was felt by all. I love how God writes it down. And suddenly there was a sound. They saw, come on, they felt. Others then heard. How it's presented is because something big was happening. Something big was taking place. And it was obvious to all who were present that day. And it's so important that you understand this. God's presence can be felt and experienced by all. Yeah. Every one of them were touched. Every one of them sensed it. Every one of them were involved in it. What does that show us? That every one of us are capable to experience the presence of God. Don't allow the enemy to say, oh, no, God doesn't want you. You're... Every one of us are able to experience the presence and the power of God. The second thing we see is this. It's a separate experience from salvation. The indwelling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is what they received, which we just read of, is a separate experience from salvation. It can happen simultaneously, but it's a separate experience. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's the salvation part. No one can call him Lord. No one can except by the leading or the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So it shows the need that we need or that we had, that we need the Holy Spirit to take us to a place of salvation. And that's what happens when we ask God to forgive us from our sins. And we invite Christ into our hearts. He's involved all the way. So as a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. But there's a baptism that's a separate experience. And I want to show you this through the scripture, Acts 1 verse 3. It talks about Jesus after he has resurrected from the dead. It says he was seen by men for a period of about 40 days. Speaking of the things pertaining to God. So for 40 days, Jesus is on this earth walking around, talking to people, seen by hundreds and thousands of people. But then in John, we read an example or one example during these 40 days. You see, after he's just been resurrected, the disciples are in fear for their life. Come on, there's so much rumors. There's so many questions. There's so much fear that was rampant in those days because who stole the body? That was the big rumor. Where's the body? Oh, his disciples have stolen. This is just a big con. This is just. So, what was happening was the disciples were in fear of their lives. So, here they find themselves locked behind closed doors in fears, and Jesus just appears to them. He just like walks through the wall or whatever. He just shows up. Man, we serve an incredible God. And Jesus says to them, by the way, it's really me. I love where Jesus greets them. He says, peace be still, man. Come on, I'd need some peace if Jesus just walked through the wall of my house. Amen. And look what he says to them in John 20, verse 21 and 22. And Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also now send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. What I believe is happening here is, this is the salvation experience. Because before Christ, Man just had a hope of salvation. But now Jesus becoming the ultimate sacrifice and paying the price, now they could be really saved. Now they could place their faith and hope and trust in Him. This was their born again experience. That they experienced the power of God, of salvation in their lives. What a life changing moment it must have been for them. You know it when you gave your heart to Christ. Just that feeling, wow. Just that power, that victory that came to your life. And if you haven't felt that, we pray that you will today. But Luke also talks about this account. You see, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they're really four separate accounts of the same thing. Or they're viewpoints, really. They're not separate accounts, really. They're different viewpoints of the same story. So we can gather more information from each one. And listen to what Luke says. Luke says this in Luke 24, verse 49. And he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father to you. This is Jesus speaking to them. But Jesus says to them, But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endured with power from on high. So he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. But then he says to them, Go and wait in Jerusalem because something greater still wants to happen in your life. We read of the same thing in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. The ones that He had already breathed, that they had experienced salvation. He said, but wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, you have heard from Me. Jump to verse 8. And you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Notice it's a future event. It hasn't happened. He didn't say you did receive power. He says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And then when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud and received and a cloud received him out of their sight. It hadn't happened yet. The outpouring of Pentecost had not taken place yet. They were instructed to what? Wait for it. Notice he said, it won't come till I go. He said, it's to your advantage I leave, because when I leave, I'll send him to you. But he commissioned them. He told them, here's what needs to happen. Wait for it. And he says, I want you to be a witness to me. And here's where I want you to be a witness. Start where you're at. And from that branch out, Jerusalem. And then he goes on to say that you will reach to the ends of the earth. But listen to me. What he was really saying is this. But before you can be that witness, truly, you need to wait on the Holy Spirit. You need to be empowered and have the power of the Holy Spirit to help you do the job. You see, the Holy Spirit the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a power that He wants to give us for our daily living. A daily living. Point number three, speaking in other tongues is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. We believe that. We believe that. I believe in an evidence for what reason? Because then you know it's there. If there's evidence, you know it's present. You don't have to question. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to be afraid. It shows the presence of the power of God in your life. And we can read in Acts 2 as we did. We can read in Acts 10, Acts 19 and other accounts. As they were all filled and they began to speak with other tongues. So in each case, the response of baptism was speaking in a new tongue or in a new language. Not known to you, but perhaps known To others. I've shared this story before. My grandfather, once many years ago, had the privilege to go to Israel. It was his joy, it was his life's dream to make it to Israel. And he was so emotional and so full of just the love of God when he'd made it to Israel with his friend Louis Cardinal that in the back of a taxi driving to their airport or to their hotel rather from the airport. They just began to weep and cry. And the Holy Spirit, they said, just came upon them. And they just began to speak with other tongues. They had already been filled, but they just felt just a moving of God. And for about 20, 30 minutes, however long it took for them to get to the hotel, they were just weeping and praising and worshipping God. And when the taxi driver got them to the hotel, he said to them in broken English, I didn't know you knew my language. They said, we don't. He said, for the last 20, 30 minutes, you have just talked to me from beginning to end the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, account after account, people can say that. But you know what? It doesn't matter, well, where's this language spoken? What is this dialect? What is it that I have? What you need to understand is this. That God wants to give you a prayer language, a language not known by you, but a language of prayer. You see, as the day of Pentecost unfolded, what do they say? We hear them glorifying and praising God in our own tongue. God won't force himself on you john seven thirty seven through thirty nine says on the last days Jesus spoke this of the feast Jesus stood and cried out to them and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow forth rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. He's now glorified. So the gift now has been given. You and I must open our hearts and pray in faith that God would baptize us. Because as John speaks, it's like a river that wants to flow on the inside of us. Bring in a new prayer language, not something to be afraid of. A lot of people say, well, man, what do I do? I I, I don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit knows what to say. You just have to yield your tongue. And just give him the opportunity to speak. Because what do we know about a gift? Look at this statement. In order for a gift to be enjoyed, it first has to be received. You've got to receive it. It's been given, but now you've got to receive it. It's like getting a note in the mail. Or getting a phone call and someone telling you, for real, you've been left a million dollars. You get a lot of notes in the mail today, but this is for real. I mean, for real. You know Uncle Joe or whatever. Uncle Joe has left you a million dollars. All you've got to do is show up at the bank with your ID and sign some papers and the money is all yours. I'm telling you right now, you would drop everything you were doing. And you would run straight to that bank and say, God bless Uncle Joe all the way there. Come on right now. (laughs) God bless Uncle Joe all the way. Why? But listen to me. Until you did your part, the gift still sat on the shelf. Oh, it's there. It's a million bucks. It's in your name. But until you do your part, it still sits there. Wait, I wonder how many gifts of heaven are still sitting on a shelf with our name on. Because of our unwillingness to open up our heart and say, God, whatever you have for me, I know it's good because I know it's God. Come on, it's an awesome gift and it's yours for the taking. A prayer language. Listen to me, that can communicate directly to God. I love that. A prayer language that can communicate straight to God. Untainted by my, come on, selfishness. By my wants and my desires. But a language that I can pray. I've had many people that have come into my heart and just really felt impressed to pray for them. I don't know what to pray. But the promise that the Bible says is that when we pray in the heavenly language, his spirit makes intercession. His spirit knows exactly what that person needs at that particular time. And he sends the help and he sends the hope. Jude speaks about that we build ourselves up in the most. As we speak that language, it builds us up. It edifies us. Come on. It's to supercharge your relationship with God. Last point. The baptism experience is for everyone. It's not exclusive. It's not an exclusive gift. As many have mistaught it, it's a gift for those, yes, who have been saved. You see, the only condition for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is salvation. Salvation. After salvation, it's God's promise for everyone. His promise is for you, would you bow your heads all over this place today? I know for some of you, you may still be sceptical. You may still say, I, I, I just don't know about this. It's okay for them. It's okay for him. He's the pastor. He's, I don't want to be crazy. Listen, I don't want to be crazy either. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be crazy either for this reason. Are you listening to me? Listen, listen, listen. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you crazy because if you're crazy, then everyone would think that God's crazy.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225 274 1607 or email us at PastorP at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.